Welcome to the How to Teach Music podcast, presented by two musical non-experts in their 20s on a quest to discover how it all works. I'm Vicky. And I'm Hui. Stay tuned for this week's episode. Hello. Hey. Hello. <laughs> so, Hui, what are we going to be talking about this week? So today we're going to be talking about tips and tricks about online teaching because it's an uncertain time and lots of people are doing it at the moment. Mm, absolutely. And yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I'm assuming that most people at least most people we know and what we do is that we're using Zoom to teach online. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And there are other platforms as well, right? Like Skype. I heard people are doing Skype, um, Google Meets, Google Classroom or things like that. Mm. Yeah. Let's be honest, Zoom is the best. <laughs> I don't, I, I, That's I, true. I actually haven't tried the other ones, but um, we'll be... It's pretty convenient. Yeah. Exactly right. Um, so... Mm. I actually haven't started teaching music online yet, but Hui has lately during the pandemic season. Um, mm. I won't have, unfortunately, I won't have much to offer today aside from some quips and maybe some questions I can ask um, on behalf of the listeners. But um, Hui, so as mm. a seasoned Zoom user for your violin students, would you be able to walk us through how you... Um, not just prepare for online lessons, but also um, conduct them? Like, how do you do your online lessons? That's a good question. So um, I think Zoom, I've used it for quite a long time with other meetings with my friends. Yeah. I find it really useful because you can save the Google, I mean, you can, you can link to your Google Calendar and yeah. it allows you to share and invite students and parents. And you can keep track of lessons really, really efficiently and it reminds you. And as a person who is really forgetful when things get piled up every week, it's good to have um, a reminder and it sends you um, reminders every like 30 minutes before or you can, you know, set up your own um, time on when to remind you mm -hmm. and I think for, um, I think like if parents forget um, about the lessons, um, it's good to send them an email as well. So you can kind of, they have a function in the Google Calendar mm. for you to send it off to the parents. Mm. And how I would schedule the teaching is that um, I think you have to be very wise as a teacher. I think try not to pack everything in in one day because that's because yeah. it takes a toll in your health. And as a teacher, I know you're very. I it's some sometimes you can be too passionate, and you want to get things done. But I think it's important that we be a little bit flexible as well during um, the time that the uncertain times and things might flood in, and you know um, keep your options open and try to be flexible as well. So like if you have um, a list of available times, you can, um, 
inform the parents about it, you know. Mm. Um, give them a list of times. How much time you need in between to recover before your next lesson, right? Yes, that's right. That's right. And I think don't be too open as well. Like if you, if you be too open, it's hard to yeah. negotiate with the parents. And I think um, be, be very clear of what your time frame is mm. and work with it. So maybe yeah. like, would it be a good idea to um, think about your week, block out an area, like a period of a few hours where you feel like you can definitely get some teaching done and then send that information to the students and parents and like propose something first so that they mm, can Yes, that's right. Yeah. Versus saying, so I, oh, I'm free anytime on Saturday. Like first it doesn't help you. And also like you might come up yeah. as a flake. Like are, are you really a busy accomplished teacher or something? I <laughs> no worries. All good. Yeah. yeah. But I think, yeah, I think give yourself some space and then, um, as well as like you, you might get fatigue. So it's good to take a break. Mm, mm. And you know, if it's lunch time, have your lunch. Yeah. Don't teach. Take yeah. a break. Yeah. And then when you come back to it, you you'll teach better as well. Mm. Pardon? Oh no! Like, I sorry, I interrupted you. No worries. No, worries. all good. No, like you were saying, when you have lunch, it helps. I mean, when you're not hungry, you can show up for your students a bit better, right? Mm, mm, yeah. Mm, yeah. And then, uh, anything else besides that? Um, can't really think of anything. The Bourbon. How about um, when you get to structuring your lessons? Like, what have you found useful lately? At the Bourbon, um, so I think because it's an uncertain time. Things may be uncertain for the families as well. Mm. So especially the students, they have lots of um, internet lessons and classrooms um, remotely, they're done remotely. So it would be stressful for the kids as well. So I think the basic structure that I would go for is very, very generic. I think most of you might have heard this before is that at the start you would have um, a recap of the previous lesson mm. and then in the middle you start to you know uh, incorporate the teachings that you want to focus on today like this week I think don't focus too much too many things in one day because it tires people out yeah. and then I think um, then the last step is to summarize everything so there's these three simple steps recap and then in the middle focus on one thing that you would like to work on and then lastly to summarize everything now to go into the detail of things I think how you structure your lessons is very important like um, make it really simple and clear because right. if you keep things too complicated um, it's too much for the students to take in mm. and then um, for example, oh, I want to work on bow hold today. So you just work on bow hold or you want to work on um, tone or you want to work on slurs. You want to work on staccato, you know, one specific thing that allows the student to, um, to think about. And then you have more room and creativity to kind of work around your main point of the, 
of the um, learning. So I learned this from Suzuki, um, Suzuki teachings that you focus on one point and that point will be the focus to take home for the day, mm. which is very good for younger students um, as well for older students as well, because older students tend to think a little bit complex and things might get out of the way. And um, I have a student who gets really stressed out when they don't complete everything on the page. And I said to her, you know, actually just start, start from here, the most basic one, just look at the, the trickiest part. For me, I like to work on the trickiest part because when you get the tricky part done, other things will be easier. Mm. So I kind of work backwards in a sense. Mm. Um, and then for me, how I go about structuring my lesson, it's more like you need to... So besides the three steps I shared, within, during, the, um, three th um, during the lesson, I would base the lesson on sound judgment. I'm not sure if you've heard it before, uh, Vicky. The the term like, do you mean like um, just um going along with the speed at which the student is able to digest you, mm. and then and like, you need to gauge on the fly. Yeah, yeah, gauge. yeah, mm. yeah. Because I an, another another tip is that you know um, not everything you plan in the lesson will appear in the lesson. Things yeah. might change. Um, yeah yeah <laughs> and especially when um the student is like feeling sensitive feeling down feeling angry feeling happy they change you know and depending on the situation you kind of need to adapt to the to the situation and kind of work around it yeah so sound judgment would be um as a teacher what would you do in that moment of time to help them grow? So I think that's one of the basic, um, basic focus I would go, go about structuring my lesson. Mm. Um, sometimes you have to improvise. Mm. It's on the spot. And you have to think quick and flexible on how to you know, um, yeah. change, how to you know, help the student. Mm. Yeah. Because if the student's sensitive and you want them to do something that you want them to do, it's impossible because... Yeah. I yeah. It's the same thing with um, my Japanese students here because most of them are so, so shy. Like you ask the class how mm -hmm. am I, no one will say anything. And sometimes you just got to be okay with the fact that you're just going to get silence and just carry on in there anyway. But like yeah, that's right. Knowing how to change your teaching style according to the personality of the class or the student. Mm, mm, yeah. yeah. That's a great point. Uh, yeah. And like, um, I also, uh, 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 a very, what is it? Um, a fun fact though, is that during this pandemic and I'm teaching online, some students who felt really like, shitty that day like very down they well once you get once you actually um get the how do you say once you actually unlock that that 
Pandora box within them. Like you know what they like and you know what they, what interests them. Mm. It kind of makes fireworks in them. Like <laughs> they, they suddenly just like, oh, I can do this. Oh, I can do that. So I, I really like um, explored some of the, I, I've been trying lots of things. I wouldn't say my students are my guinea pigs or, my, or like my lab rats, but they are really, um, um, how do you say, as, as, a, as a person, you're interacting with another person, you're kind of learning things as well off them. And every time you're trying things out to make it work, and, and that's just, you know, within our own planning, it's not with the students. Um, and when you're, and one thing that I find that students really like is that you need to be very, um, they like curiosity. They like to be in the moment. So when you actually get them to do, hey, let's find something like Easter eggs, you know, you need to find them. You're a detective now. You have a mission. You need to find this. So I have been using lots of examples like Pokemon because they love Pokemon. So I said, okay, let's, let's catch all the Pokemons. The Pokemons are the slurred Pokemons, the staccato Pokemons, um, <laughs> the, the crotchet Pokemons, catch them all. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, I, I also used some examples like, you know, uh, find my roast chicken because I'm the, you're, you're a chef. I gave them a persona. You're a chef. I'm the audience, okay? Find my roast chicken. So I played, I played a passage and they're like, okay, I know which roast chicken. Coming right up. And they just played really cheerfully because they find that they have something to make out of the music. That's the so first think, time I've ever heard anyone mention roast chicken. <laughs> and they laughed. <laughs> yeah, and uh, once, I find that once they laughed, they are able to play better. They yeah. are able to you make meaning out of what they do. Yeah. And so that enjoyment is really fulfilling. Mm. Yeah. Or like over Zoom, even though it's online, it, it's just face. I mean, it's just online interaction, like doing your best to keep the chemistry alive between you and the student. Mm. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I find that it, this is a really good opportunity for us to like, reflect as a teacher because you can really do lots of things besides just teaching the instrument because I feel like we're not we're not robots you know we're not teaching robots we're teaching humans to be human and oh, being human so enlightened so wonderful <laughs> so I think Richard Gill Richard Gill said that when he came to Anam he was just like when someone oh really for a living you just say i am a cultivator of the human spirit he said that so we're cultivators of the human spirit just no big deal we're pretty cool mm -hmm. yeah so i think um when you when you plan i think it's not about so i i remember my professor said this like when i was doing my master's he was like um if you're planning over if you're using 30 minutes to plan your time, you plan your lessons, then that will be enough. But if you do more than 30 minutes, then you're over planning things. Mm. So when you're over planning things, you can set yourself in a very, 
stressful mode because yeah. you want everything to be, oh, this, very systematic. But at the end of the day, what are you doing this for? Like, it's really good to question yourself. Mm. Yeah. Because yeah. at the, at what, what would you like to achieve out of the lesson? Because yeah. I think that's the very important question that we constantly need to ask ourselves. Because we need to connect, we need to engage, we need to incorporate like the the essence yeah. of that, you know, interaction in music making, mm-hmm. you know. So I think for me, descriptive words is very useful during mm-hmm. lessons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And making it funny and weird. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Like it makes it makes um information more memorable and if it's more memorable they're more likely to keep it in their brains for longer mm. oh yeah vicky have you had any experiences with online teaching um, i mean online learning any like yeah, any form I, of online um i've learned some language by myself just mm. online tutoring that's pretty common though um mm. Although recently, um, our school's been doing a bit of online teaching for English because of social because mm. where I mean I'm in Tokyo still, um, mm. but I found that um, online teaching because interaction is suddenly so limited. Like I found myself mm. more animated and creative with how I was um, teaching stuff to kind of compensate for that, and mm. I. Like, yeah, I just I just saw my enthusiasm like rise by about twenty percent as opposed to how I would be in the classroom where I'd kind of just shamefully shuffle in and be like, "Oh, I'm sorry to put you through this." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, mm. that's it. So you've covered um, like how to set up lessons on Zoom. So setting up a, a recurring meeting time. For Zoom, mm, yes, for yes, parents and the students, and for structuring mm. the lessons, as simple is better, and mm. knowing that depending on each student, the rate at which they pick up stuff will be different. So you improvise. Maybe you do less than, mm. you or have mm. more than expected. But like mm. the professor said, um, anything above thirty minutes is probably too much. So that's mm. a great pointer. How about? How about how do you end your lessons? I think my, usually I would do flashcards, but it depends on the students. I would incorporate games. So I've, I've explored some of the tools. So I went on uh, my um, iPad, download some um, games, search from Apple tools. I mean, Apple store, sorry. I'm not very good with tech, <laughs> but Apple store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um you've got this i think yeah i think listening ex- listening games really work well because it's something that they can hear i find that a lot of my students improved in their le- uh, listening mm. through online teaching because when you're um when you're in front of the camera sometimes it's very blur it's not clear so i think the good thing about them is that they are able to elevate the awareness yeah. through the listening mm-hmm. and they're able to concentrate a little bit better um, uh, in comparison to face-to-face. Yeah. 
but you know there are pros and cons anyway um and then listening games flashcard games theory games are very good as well mm-hmm. so i've got some oh where my ipad i'll be back in one minute okay <laughs> So I think um, I know not. Yeah, I I know not all teachers have like technical tools, but it's okay. Um, I'm not saying you have to buy them, but um, if you have them, it's good to invest because um, it's like a couple of dollars um, for the app, and you can make your own flashcards as well. You know, there are many ways. Um, I've seen Suzuki teachers online, Facebook, where we get connected. I saw lots of creative artworks and craft art and crafts. Mm. You know, they have lots of um, different ideas, which is really cool. Mm. Um, I have something called Music Smart, you know, which is the flashcard. Um, there's Music Crab as well. Mm. Music Crab, where you can identify notes. Um, Year Wizard. So... I always like to use this one because it's learning about chords and then um, it's like I tell them, okay, we're going to unleash the wizard today, but you need to collect 15 thumbs ups from me before you can unleash the wizard. So that's, that's sort of like a reward at the end. I see. Yeah. It gets them motivated and pumped. Um, and then I would also use like a music lock, which is, um, an improvisation app uh, mm. with the backing track. So they learn about scales. Oh. Um, so you can turn the, way, uh, the wheel mm. and it gives you different, um, different key signatures. And then you can play a song with it as well, mm. which is quite cool. But I think the, the app tools only last for a couple of lessons. Some of them are useful um, in long term, mm-hmm. but I think um, you, it depends on the day. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes you need to prioritize which one comes first and which one comes next. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think priori- prioritizing what you want to focus on the lesson is very important. So I think you need to judge by mm-hmm. your. Um, I wouldn't say instinct, but you need to. Have you need to make suitable decisions in order to you know make it worthwhile? Mm -hmm. Um, I would summarize the lesson before I end the lesson. I would ask them questions. Okay, what did I, you know, um, what have you got in your notebook? So a lot of the students, you need to tell them to do something. Then they will do it. Yeah, they they're not like adults where oh I'm gonna get my notebook and write down what I need to do. No, kids are not like that. Kids are like, hey, have you got your notebook and your pen? Can you write this down? Yes. And they'll write it down. <laughs> and then they're like, can you repeat that for me? Uh, and they're like, you have to ask, them, can you remind me what you, what you learned today? I forgot everything. I'm getting old. Can you remind me? And they're like, yes, of course. <laughs> and then they'll like, tell you. Um, and then... Um, I think the Pokemon thing is very important as well because like I think for me it it makes them remember. So I think weird things make them remember. Mm. Um and 
yeah, one of the word that my Suzuki teacher used to say to me, surprise me next week. I like it that. Keeps, yeah, surprise me. That's so you can really use, fun. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's how I end my lessons, usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really great. Mm. Mm. Summarize and ask them questions and keep them excited. Mm. Yeah. So they keep going. Yeah. Yeah. It's making like this week's topic has made me, forced me into thinking a lot about how like I should start organizing um, potential online lessons in the future. Um, Yeah, you should. Yeah. I know, but like I think, um, I think you did a really wonderful job of setting up like the, like, you know, the kind of philosophical stance you need to take when you have a limited um, form of communication with a student. I think you did mm. summing that up. All I could bring to the table this week was the logistics, like how to set up everything. <laughs> it's also important. <laughs> it's all I've been able to like do at this point. Mm. Um, so... But I think, but I think your point is really important as well because, like, a lot of um, teachers, they find it, um, they find they have limited resources and they, it's hard to approach. You know, um, I'm just gonna yeah. start talking and you interrupt me anytime I said something wrong or dodgy, something. Yeah, else. yeah, no but, worry. Um, so I did some research this week, and my research. Yeah. I watched two YouTube videos very closely. (laughs) Um, And the first YouTube video is by a harp instructor on YouTube called Anne Mm. Galdet. I don't know how to say her last name, but she's a harp instructor. And the second YouTube video I looked at was by Hugh Sung, and he's associated with the Cunningham Piano channel on YouTube. And he's, I checked out his website. He's a very prolific um, piano teacher very amazing but um i have a list of points on setting up your online teaching studio so to speak from mm-hmm. um point, from both videos and i hope it'll be helpful for you so um like the first thing before you even start teaching is that you need to have everything set up properly so mm-hmm. very important yeah like you you can really teach as long as your device has internet connection and is able to use Zoom, you can use mm-hmm. the device you like. If it has a yeah. camera, if it has a mic, you can use whatever device you like. But a, it would be best to use either a laptop or an iPad so that the screen is big enough for you to see what your student is doing and mm. so that your student can see what you are doing. Otherwise, mm-hmm. be, like technically, you can still um, teach via iPhone, but... Mm-hmm. it would the bigger the screen the better um, mm. the second point and was, also like like uh one sorry to interrupt but like no. uh like it's also good to send information sheet to the parents to prepare you know uh, oh, what yeah. equipment yeah yeah like send them a pdf or something i'm setting up yeah them. that's right instruction yeah. sheets yeah. yeah and on that note actually having the lesson meeting set up before a lesson and emailing that to the student first so that they mm. can at any time and like make adjustments like microphone settings, camera settings, making sure everything's working before mm. you start teaching to save mm. both of you a lot of time. Um, mm, mm. The second point for setting up is making sure you have to, your device is well elevated. So 
I think this applies more to pianists because if you're teaching piano, ideally you'd have a camera set up from the side as well as from above so that mm. you can see what you're doing with your arms, but also like the fingering that you have on the keyboard. But I think mm. for, like in my case, cello or maybe violin, you just need one well-oriented um, Yeah, one screen, yeah. That's enough. So that's fine. Mm. Um, so yes, if you're listening and you play the piano or something that requires multiple angles of attention, like for the pedal and stuff, consider mm. getting, consider having multiple devices ready that can capture mm. things simultaneously in the same Zoom meeting. Mm. Um, and the last point on manual setup is having nice lighting. I don't think this is necessary, but I think if you're really setting up an online proper studio, having nice lighting really helps and it helps. Yeah looks nicer it's not mm. just helpful it also looks nicer mm -hmm. yeah that's for setting up outside of zoom as for setting up inside zoom according to anna crosby's video so long mm. as the internet connection is at least 25 mps um mm. you should be able to have video conferencing so you can check your internet speed by going on the website fast.com and making sure that it's at least 25 megabytes per second for good quality video conferencing. That's um, very informative, Vicky. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Sleep by now, but I don't care. I'm going to finish this. Um, the second thing, the second thing inside Zoom is to make sure that your device is connected to a power outlet because it'd be really awkward if you ran out of battery in the middle of a lesson. It's just. Mm -mm. It might happen, but it's very important. Make sure you have at least enough battery. Also, check your Zoom mirror settings because um, things show up on the opposite way in Zoom. And if necessary, it might help to switch your Zoom settings so that they're the right perspective for the student to see. I, mm. Again, I think this applies more to pianists because of the left and right thing. But um, consider that. And also, um, you don't need an external mic, but if it's in your budget and within your ability to purchase one, consider getting mm -hmm. a microphone because it really um, bumps up the quality of your lesson. Um, it just, I mean, when you're relying on audio and video, it helps to have mm. a really nice audio device. Mm. Um, yeah, that's the end of setting up inside Zoom. Mm. And for the third point regarding what to tell the student before the Zoom lesson start, I think he covered this already, to email the student the link well in advance before the lesson. Mm. And um, another point I had for the student was if you want to share fingerings, um, maybe you could use the screen sharing function in Zoom to show which part you're referring to. There's also mm. a function in Zoom that lets you draw on the screen. But I think you can do, I think you can just draw normally if you're zooming from an iPad. So screen sharing is helpful if you want to highlight yeah. parts of the manuscript. Mm. Please stop me anytime. <laughs> that's then, good. That's good. Um, this last part for how to finish lessons, this is just something I came up with because I haven't had an opportunity to try it yet. But I would ask the student to prepare a notepad, a pencil, and a metronome. Mm. alongside teaching and get them I mean Anne Crosby mentioned this as well but like to get them in the habit of taking notes every once in a while yes that's and right also, 
reminding the student that they're allowed to record the lesson if they want to, because we have this available to us inside Zoom. Mm. But if you're a student, make sure you ask your teacher for permission first before you start recording, mm. just as mm. a courtesy. Mm. Or would or you you could even um, send the recording over to the student that yeah, would work too. Yeah, you could. Um, mm. That might be better actually because the student might forget. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Not saying that bad. No, no, no. We're, like it's our job. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's all I had. Um, for anyone listening, if you're really mm serious about setting up a proper and more professional home online studio i would highly recommend you go over to hugh sung's um video on the cunningham piano channel on youtube and from 13 minutes onwards he really goes into the technical things about having high quality audio and video he uses a whole mixer he has like multiple camera angles wow he has a pedal cam he has an overhead camera and he has all of this like beautifully organized but i think that applies more to um instrumentalists with more going on like pianists mm. But mm. If you're interested i would highly highly recommend that um, mm. YouTube. He does a much better of explaining it all than I possibly could because he's a professor. Mm. Um, awesome. Yeah, that's all I had to. <laughs> that's all I had. To Very say informative. <laughs> Excellent. Good job. Oh, yeah. if you're looking into USB microphones, you can. Um, one that's very common at the moment is the Audio-Technica AT2020. It's a very common model, Ooh. but it's very expensive. So you can just use any, I believe there's one called the Blue Yeti or something like that. It's a lot mm. cheaper, um, but yeah, everyone's different. As long as you have a device and you're and an open mind and the same enthusiasm for teaching, I think you'll be fine. Mm. Mm. I think you'll be fine. Says me, who's mm. never taught <laughs> online music. Mm. yeah but i think it's like a good um preparation to have as well because you might not know what's going to come next in the future mm -hmm. so i think what's happening for the pandemic now kind of gives a um kind of pays a different platform like a norm for online teaching in the future mm. so i think if you're open-minded enough to invest on things equipment and things like that it can last you for a long time. Mm -hmm. And and if you don't have it, it's okay as well. But I think like um what use what you have and um and be prepared because things might change in the future. Mm -hmm. And it it might be a new thing to have online lessons now mm -hmm. more often than face to face lessons. Mm, yeah. 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 Mm. I was speaking with my dad the other day and like mm about online lessons and stuff and you know how a lot of people usually go overseas to meet their um future professors of music mm, or whatever, mm. like, um for whatever degree they want to enter say in germany or wherever yeah but i was talking with my dad and we were just one i was just wondering like maybe this might change the whole um the whole dynamic about like flying overseas to see a teacher maybe like instead you could yeah with your dream professor on mm. send yeah send him like send him money for the lesson online as well it could change a lot yeah of that. yeah maybe maybe not but yeah mm. the future yeah
Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. I think it becomes very virtual, like experience. Oh yeah. Virtu- yeah. We'll have holograms of Yoyama before we know it. Three <laughs> <laughs> D cams. Oh gosh. Equally <laughs> <laughs> amazing and terrifying. I think. Mm. Yeah. I think that's all I had to say on the topic. Was there anything you wanted to add before we finish this week? I think. Um, I think I I think it would be good if we end like oh how we can um any advice advice for people looking into online teaching mm, encouragement or let's how about we each give three points yeah okay my three my three points um set up everything in advance mm. Keep it simple mm. and then make sure you recap before you start next week, which is yeah. basically stole both of your, like two of your own points. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. Mm. It's good. But as long as you have like the house housekeeping done, whatever mm. it doesn't matter as much. Like, mm. Housekeeping is more um, finicky than the, the actual team. Mm. as long as Um, logistics are in place i think you can teach quite naturally as you normally mm. Mm. yeah agree uh three points for me would be um one make it make it fun Mm. make it engaging Mm. and challenging at the same time though Mm. like don't make it too easy sometimes i think because I think kids like to challenge themselves. But it depends on the situation. Um, and then next one would be be imaginative as a teacher. Mm. Like be really open-minded about growing your resources, growing your tools to kind of make the experience really full, really whole. Mm. And when you look back at them, it's like, wow, actually this is this is worthwhile like mm-hmm. because you're not only growing yourself but your respective students grow as well from the experience mm-hmm. so it's it's both sides mm-hmm. it comes from both ways yeah so that would be my take spoken like mm-hmm. <laughs> you're all <very> good <laughs> Yeah, but I hope everyone enjoyed today's session. Yeah. yeah. I, I hope it was equally as relaxing and informative. It did take us like a little bit to find our group today. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, if you're listening. And like all the best with your ventures for online teaching. It should be great. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And we'll see you next time. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye.